A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. The first six episodes are available now. Stream each new episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like The After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download The Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Montgomery County, Maryland is where businesses go to be next. Home to a highly skilled, diverse workforce, a thriving business community, competitive incentives, and more. MoCo will help transform your business. Visit BeNext.ThinkMoCo.com to see how we can help you be next. Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Toolshed. This is episode 70 of the Fantrax Toolship with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. Today will be our fourth Dynasty debate, and with me, as usual, is my self-proclaimed 55-power, 70-speed co-host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's up, man? Oh, not too much, man. It's uh, just grinding on baseball stuff. Off-season is in full swing, even though, you know, there's... Not an off-season right now for the MLB, but, you know, it's weird. I'm sitting here on Baseball Savant, all the grayed-out pictures, and all the background images are all the same as some dumb stadium lights with a pretty sunset behind it. Like, come on. Like, we need baseball back. Even though the lockout really doesn't – it's not really affecting anything. Like, I'm not even slightly worried about the season being delayed. I'm not worried about spring training being delayed at this point. But, yeah, just a weird feeling, but nothing's changing from from my standpoint, at least. Yeah, I'm not worried yet – but at the same time, I don't know. I, I also don't have much confidence in <laughs> this getting resolved quickly. Like I guarantee, I almost guarantee it, it bleeds into the 2022 calendar year. But if we get start getting like past like that midway point of January, like the 15th, 16th, getting into that second half of January, then I might start being concerned when I'm like, all right, spring training's a couple of weeks away. Let's get this done here. We still got, you know a lot of signings left to go. There's a lot of big names out there. Correa is still out there. Um, who's the other shortstop that hasn't signed yet? Uh, Story still Great. out there. Uh, a lot of other names. So yeah, let's, let's get this done before like mid January or so. So we can have a normal lead in the spring training and, you know, end of this off season. Um, so I'm hoping, but yeah, what off season for us, right? There's yep. no off season here at the tool shed. We're still pumping up content <laughs> on Patreon. Uh, when you're listening to this today on Friday, I'll also have my uh, my prospect rankings are up on FantraxHQ.com. Chris did his last week, so go check out both of those. As I said earlier, we'll have our Dynasty rankings uh, updated probably closer to the end of the month, give or take right around Christmas time, I'm assuming. So be able to look out for those as well. But we have a really fun Dynasty debate today. But before we get into that, the usual housekeeping, you can find us on Twitter. Chris is at RotoClegg. I am at AirCross04, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. If you enjoy our podcast, please rate and review. Check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash toolshed for extra content from both of us. And, of course, check out all the other great written and audio work we have on the Fantrax HQ network, 
including our other podcasts, SB Streamer, Fantasy Hockey Life, Fantasy Football Addicts, Define Fantasy Football, and Fantasy Football POV. Today's debate is a fun one. We did the number one pitching prospect debate last time on Wednesday. If you missed that, go check that out. That was a really fun one. This time we're doing the same thing, but up at the major league level with who is the number one dynasty starting pitcher. Got a nice cluster up there of elite arms. So we'll be debating that today. Maybe throw in a little who's number one in 2022 redraft as well. But as of course, this is a dynasty debate. We'll be focusing mostly on dynasty here. Let's go. uh, Let's just get right into it, Chris. So for you, who is the number one dynasty starting pitcher? Well, you know, I want to argue someone different because I know this is both of our number ones, but it's Corbin Burns. And I think that he's kind of earned this ranking of, of being the top dynasty arm. You could argue that um, Jacob deGrom is the best pitcher in baseball when when he's healthy. I think that's the biggest caveat here is that he's got to be healthy. And you got to factor in his age. He's 33. Burns, on the other hand, just 27 years old. So, and, you know, it's easy to look at what, what Burns did last year and just be insanely, insanely impressed. I mean, he pitched a 242 ERA, absolutely just dominating the whole season with a 35.6% strikeout rate. Everything across the board just absolutely stands out to you. And it's interesting to see his transformation, honestly. I mean, he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball not long ago. And just turned it around so quick. I mean, 2019 had an 8.82 ERA. And then he just flipped the script completely. And now just utter dominance. I don't even know what to say. Like, (laughs) And you can argue that DeGrom actually was better. But again, I mean, what did Burns? Burns had a 1.63 FIP. Like, that's absolutely nuts. I mean, who, who even thinks of that like the underlying metrics being that good it was that much better i mean zach wheeler was the next to qualified pitchers at at 259 so it was almost a full run lower than any other pitcher uh let me unfilter the the qualified arms because i'm curious where degrom ended up i don't know how many innings did degrom even throw 92 okay so i can't set the parameter to 100 innings i only know that because i've done this same type of thing with with inning pitch parameters to see where degrom falls yeah. and where he doesn't fall so that's why well, i know he yeah, yeah just a, a walking <laughs> stat book over there mr eric cross yeah it helps him my best subject in school was math so yeah. it, it kind of correlates the stats oh for <laughs> sure yeah uh gosh i don't want to sort i don't want to see the worst fibs jake here he had a 617 fib oh, <laughs> oh, of course he is so Degrom, i mean we know Degrom was nasty last year 92 innings but he had a 108 era a 154 xera a 124 fib and a 161x fit, but I can't argue for DeGrom being number one because of his age, because of his injury history. I mean, he'll be 34 next season. And that's not to, I mean, look at Scherzer. Look at these guys dominating, you know, late into their 30s. It's, it's doable, but the biggest thing here with DeGrom is just the injury history and the concern. Like, I think he's pitching with a torn UCL and I think he's just denying it. And I think that he's going to blow up. So I won't have a single share of DeGrom in redraft next year. And if I'm in dynasty league, I'm trying to trade him right now before that news pops out, being honest. Dave McDonald is very happy to hear you say that. I'm sure he is. I hope he's listening. <laughs> yeah. So for me, it's, you know, we're having this as a debate, but I don't think it actually is much of a debate. Like it's Corbin Burns. You know, the one thing that keeps seeing people go to on Twitter or in articles or on podcasts or whatever it may be. So, oh, he had the least amount of innings pitch thrown out of like these this 
Yeah, I'm looking at like this for dynasty purposes, a cluster of five, you know, Burns, Cole, Bueller, um, Woodruff, and DeGrom. And okay, so DeGrom was hurt, but out of the other arms, he only had 167 innings pitch. Cole had 181 and a third, Bueller 207 and two thirds, and Woodruff 179 and a third. But at the same time, he was much better. No, okay, not much better, but he was better than the other arms. So he had the out of that, the four that pitched a full, or at least not DeGrom's 92 innings, but the four that pitched a full season, quote unquote, he had the best ERA, the best X ERA by over a full run. The next, his was 202 X ERA. And the next lowest was Bueller at 310. He had the lowest whip, the lowest XBA, the lowest X slug by almost 100 full points. Tied for the lowest, and I should have this group, the lowest walk rate, 5.2%. The highest K rate at 35.6. The lowest hard hit rate. The lowest barrel rate by almost 3%. He had a 3.1% barrel rate. So he was the best at limiting hard contact, limiting contact in general, and striking batters out and limiting the walks. Like we, we talked about how he cut the walk rate down. Like he, I'm not sure if we're done seeing like a next level from Corbin Burns. I really don't like, he's just so damn good. He has the best all around arsenal in baseball, in my opinion. Like, yeah, you could say like DeGrom, you know, he dominates with that four seamer and slider. He might have the best two pitch combination, but we, we took at the arsenal as a whole. Burns has five pitches he can attack with. And four of those had a whiff rate above 40%. Like, no one who does that? Like, seriously, I should be three of them did, but they're all above 45%. 50.3% whiff rate on the curve, 45.9 on the change, 47.5 on the slider and the cutter, which he uses over half the time, 32.1%, which is very good for a cutter. So it's Burns. And you got to imagine, yeah, he only had 167 and a third, which is 15 to 25 lower than the other guys. But you got to imagine, like, they were, you know, this was his first full year starting. Yeah, he was a starter last year, dominated, but that was a shortened 60-game season. So you've got to imagine there's going to be a little less restraint. You know, they'll kind of pull the reins back a bit, let him go a little further. I can see him getting up to 180-plus innings and being right with all these other guys. Like, Bueller, you know, throws a bit more, but I don't think the innings are going to be an issue next year. I think he'll go 180 to 190. I think, I think he's going to be as dominant. Like, I don't see any, like, I, I tried to find a red flag in his profile, and it's it's impossible. So, for me, yeah, Degrom is probably the best pitcher in baseball right now. If I had to take one pitcher for one game when they're all healthy, I would take Degrom by a hair over Burns. But like you mentioned, Chris, he's thirty three, almost thirty four. His elbow is kind of hanging on by a thread at this point. <laughs> Who knows? He didn't didn't have surgery, so who knows? Like he could blow that out. I hope not. I don't want him to blow out his elbow because he's so much fun to watch pitch. And I think baseball is better when Jacob Degrom is there. But he could go out there and that thing could just let go first start, you know, in early April. So he's not even in this discussion for me. Given that if he, if he was like twenty seven, maybe, yeah. but he's not. And I think just the other guys that are near Burns' age, like Bueller's, a couple months older. Woodruff's, you know, a year and a half to two years older. They're all in that 27, 28, 29 range. I think he's just flat out better. Like Bueller is great. He's the he's the workhorse here, the 200 inning season, low ERA, but the K rate just isn't quite there. Um, so yeah, it, it is Corbin Burns for me. Um, one that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, can you make a case for Garrett Cole, Chris? Like, do you think that you know, even at 31, you know, the little bit of a down down year 323 era 106 whip that's a down year 
uh, with one of the highest K minus walk rates in baseball. But is there still a case to be made for Garrett Cole as the number one dynasty arm? Um, possibly. Can I go back to Burns real quick? Trying of to cor- you, you yeah. can always go back to Corbin Burns. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I was like, like you, I was trying to find anything that could prick a hole in the argument. I just wonder, like, could the walk rate trend back up? It's just like such a major, you know. Could. That's my, all right. So the only thing I'm seeing, and this isn't even bad, but like his second half walk rate was six point one percent. That's still great. It went in September, October. It was seven point two percent, but also he struck out forty point five percent of batters in September, October. So I wonder if it was just one of those things where, you know, just trying to strike guys out galore, win the Cy Young type thing, and he just walked a little more. I'm just Possibly. having such a hard time pricking a hole in this argument. Also, the the home run to fly ball rate being so low is interesting to me. It did trend up towards the end of the year. I mean, it was four below 5% in the first half at 4.9%, up to 7.5% second half. And that September, October, it was 13.3%. Like, I don't know. I, I don't see a ton of regression coming, if any. Like you said, I think there may be like even another level here, which is just absolutely nuts because nothing else in the profile like really jumps out and screams, you know, regression by any means. So even I think if he walks like 7% of batters, he's still probably the best pitcher in baseball, you think? Oh yeah, I think that I was going to ask that too like, yeah, I guess if the if the walk rate does regress, I don't think it's going to regress much. I think worst case scenario is probably like 7.5%, which is yeah. still above average. But yeah, it, it's great you mentioned the, the the home run to fly ball rate, but I'm not like overly worried. Maybe it's slight regression there, but same time Burns is you know such a good command pitcher right now he only gave up one home run off a non like six of his seven home runs allowed were off the cutter which was still you know obviously a great cutter um but he allowed one home run off the curveball and that's it for his you know off-speed secondary offerings uh locates well and just limits you know the barrel rate was a ridiculous what was it 3.1 percent he just doesn't give up much hard contact and he gets ground balls too like i posted a tweet uh yesterday now when you're listening to this about how you know the pitchers that had you know, a uh, 20 was a 28% K rate or whatever it was, a walk rate below 8% and the ground ball rate above 45%. And there was like eight or nine guys, and he was one of them. He, so he gets that ground ball rate. I think the ground ball rate was like, like 48%. So sort he can keep the ball on the ground, limit, you know, batters finding the barrel and just limit contact in general while missing bats. It's like it's so hard to square him up. So I don't see much regression, even a slight regression in the, in the home run, the fly ball rate, and his uh, walk rate. I think he's still the best pitcher. Uh, for dynasty purposes, like it's, Degrom is doesn't have that case anymore because of his age and, and durability at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that it, it's an easy case, and like you said, I, worst case, what if he's seven seven half percent walk rate? If there's some regression, like he's that's still going to play. I mean, even if the even if the home run to fly ball ratio goes up, like you know, I was just curious. I went back and looked at uh, the projection model that I'm running on him. And it's projecting him at a two eight ERA, and that's with a significantly regressed home run to fly ball rate. Uh, Steamer's got him at two nine nine, and yeah, I don't know. I I have his so I have his projected walk rate at seven and a half percent, and a home run to fly ball at eleven percent, and so that's major regression there. And that still hasn't projected a two eight ERA, which yes. I think that shows you how good he is. Is that basically his floor? Do you think is it probably is. Like, it might be, yeah. I, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably venture. I guess he's probably gonna be another below two two five. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's it it should. I mean, look at all the underlying metrics last year. I mean, 
his worst was his Sierra, which was two six one, but all the other ones were like just insanely low. So yeah, like when when your worst is a two six one, <laughs> you're right. doing you're doing something right. Yeah, I feel pretty confident he's a sub three ERA. So oh, sorry. Sure. Yeah, back to to Garrett Cole. Um, I don't know. And we talk about home runs, and Garrett Cole's one that concerns me with home runs. I don't think being in Yankee Stadium is fantastic for him. Uh, he was not very good after the sticky substance crackdown. And I wonder, he was beat up a little bit. He had some injuries going on. So I don't know what to peg it to exactly, whether I should say that, yeah, like he was pitching bad because the sticky stuff got taken away. Or if it was more the fact that he was pitching hurt, which I think is a possibility. But even with his regression, he still had a great year. I mean, his FIP was below three at a 3-2-3 ERA. And I was running a pretty high Babbitt for his standards and a pretty low strand rate compared to his standards. So I don't know. I mean, even then, he still struck out 33.5% of batters, walked just 5.6%. Those numbers are all there. Swinging strike rate kind of backs that up. Pounds is on. I mean, his first pitch strike rate is insanely high, which is good. I just, I don't know. The biggest thing, like, I think Cole can pitch to Burns level, but look at the age difference. There's a four year age gap there, which I think obviously kind of eliminates him out of that running for me, at least with, with uh, Burns for that number one dynasty spot. Now, now redraft, I think you can make the argument for Cole, but. I don't know. I just think for Dynasty, when you when you look at the age and the whole body of work, I'm kind of seeing Burns easily number one here. And yeah, just look at what he did post sticky stuff. I mean, his second half ERA was four one four, and that's not Garrett Colish. So no, it's not. No, I know it'd be interesting. I mean, he had a five one three ERA in September October. August was a good month, just seventeen innings, but he had a point five one ERA and struck out a ton of batters over that time. But the other months after the crackdown were not good. Four six five, four seven one. Yeah, those are not good ERAs. So I'll be curious to see how it plays out over full season. And that's the thing. I think guys adapt. Like we saw pitchers adapt. Yeah. And and maybe we're at a situation next year where we have a, a constant. There needs to be some kind of constant, in my opinion, as far as a substance. So Yeah, and baseball needs to stop using two different baseballs too. Know, that, that would help. So stupid. Can we, it's, can we just? It, it's funny how you know, not to go off to a different sport, but there was so much of a you know when Tom Brady the whole like deflated foot deflate game right. with Tom Brady, and that was it's a huge, huge deal. And then it's like, hey, baseball was using Major League Baseball was using two different balls. Like it's like there was a little bit of uproar, like oh, what are they doing? But then it's just kind of like gone silent since then. Like that's ridiculous, but. Um, yeah, as you mentioned, pitchers adapt, and especially pitchers like Garrett Cole. Like, I'm, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm not worried at all about the, you know his stats after the sticky substance crackdown. But at the same time, he's not one where I'm really concerned uh, moving forward. You know, he's been Garrett Cole for a while now. But you know, with him being in the AL East, playing half his, you know, half his starts basically at Yankee Stadium. And I just looked; he had 30 starts last year. 21 came in Yankee Stadium, Camden Yards, Fenway Park in the trio of ballparks that Toronto played in, which were all hitters parks last yeah. year. So 70% of his starts came in. That's rough. You know, like top 10 hitters parks that, you know, if he was in the NL central, like Corbin Burns, or even like the AL central or really any other division, 
in baseball outside of the AL East just because of the, the ballparks and the offenses. No, like Boston's a top 10 offense. Toronto, we saw what they did. Even losing Semyon, that's still a ridiculous top five offense. Yeah, Baltimore's actually a sneaky, okay offense. Tampa Bay's always a decent offense as well, even if their park is a slightly pitcher-friendly park. But yeah, this that the division, the ballparks, kind of. I think he'd be if he did what he did last year in the AL Central, he'd probably be like two seven ERA type of guy. But um, that just kind of bumps him up a little bit. The home run, you know, issue as well. So um, yeah, I can't. I can see you making a case in in uh, redraft. Like for redraft, yeah. I still have Burns one, and I actually have Max Scherzer too. Uh, that I don't think he's done yet as an elite level. But it'll be interesting to see how he does going back into the NL East with the uh, New York Mets now, but. Um, yeah, you can make a case for, for Cole. I think I have Cole as my number three. I, you know, him and, uh, Scherzer are basically two, a two B for me. Yeah. Um, but it's still burns and redraft for me. How about you? Is it burns and redraft for you as well? Yeah, it is. I take burns. Like, I don't think I take any arm in the first round other than burns. He's the only one that there, I, I think there's, you could, there's concerns about every single one of those guys Degrom, I'm not touching. I think there's some concern with Scherzer and the, the dead arm. And I think, you know, maybe it's not a big deal. But I'm afraid to touch him at his draft price right now. Woodruff, I wouldn't take that high, even though I do like him. Yeah, this it's tough. I, I, Burns is the only one. Bueller, I like Bueller, and Bueller's an innings eater, and Bueller's going to give you great ratios. But I just can't see his strikeout rate ticking up. That's the biggest hindrance with him. Not like if Bueller was a 30% K rate guy, he may be number one for me in Dynasty. And redraft because he's going to yeah. throw way more innings than than Burns is. I mean, we didn't expect him. No one expected him to throw the kind of numbers that he did this year. And he threw two oh seven. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to go up from there, but you never know. I mean, it's possible, but I just don't see the the strikeouts ticking up. There, there's nothing in his profile that tells me that he's going to see an increased strikeout rate. Like his XK rate's actually lower when you look at the amount of strikes that the type of strikes they throw from a swinging and looking standpoint, like. His XK rate's like more like twenty six percent, so that's not good. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, let's uh, let's continue on here. Do the similar thing that we've done in other debates. Can, do, is there like a guy or two that you look at that could be could make this jump up into this discussion, up into this elite tier of you know Burns, Cole, Woodruff, Bueller, et cetera, and maybe this year or just within the next year or two? Any, anybody stand out to you? Yeah, and this this might be the crazy answer, and I would have laughed at myself if I'd said this a month ago, but it's Logan Webb, and I I don't know. The more I've dug in on him, the more I just think that he's crazy good, and this could blow up in my face. Like, but Logan Webb made some tangible changes last year in his his pitch mix and his arsenal, and it really paid off. And Logan Webb keeps the ball on the ground at an insanely high rate. Honestly, I think the strikeouts could tick up even more like he struck out 26 and a half percent last year i see no reason that couldn't tick up if he ticks up to 28 29 percent and he sees that in those innings totals increase i mean yeah he only threw he i think between the playoffs and the regular season he got up to like 164 if i'm not mistaken he threw 148 regular season but he had a decent chunk in the postseason i think he could pitch 185 i think that'd be reasonable yeah but if Webb gets to 200, like he, I mean, you think he only started 26 games last year. So you expect him to get up to 32. And I don't know. I just absolutely love, and I didn't like, I was like, I'm out on Webb in 2022 because I thought his price was inflated, but dang, I dug in and I'm like, and everything about him just like really like 
is is just legit in my opinion. Like it's kind of nuts to to think about like that jump, and that's the and Burns made a huge jump too. So maybe it's not so crazy, but just the overall body of work is extremely good. The K rate is just going to be the only thing. Like if the K rate ticks up, then I think he could. Because I mean, he, you talk about inducing ground balls and not walking a lot of guys. I mean, he definitely fits this mold. I mean, his ground ball rate is insanely high. Uh, last year, 62.2%. Yeah, that'll yeah, play. O- o- only Frember Valdez had a lower one, which was yeah. lower by like 8%. It was yeah, Valdez, uh, Valdez got over 70%, I think. Something stupid like that. It's, it's, it's insane. It's just yeah. really so insane. So if you give me a, a 60% ground ball rate again and you give me 28% K rate in that low walk rate, I don't know. I could see Logan Webb making a big jump next year, which is nuts. But I'm trying to go get him in Dynasty Leagues right now. I'm buying high on Logan Webb. Oh, for sure. I am as well. And I, I, I'm i one that I was kind of similar to you. Like I was like buying into it, but not fully. But now, yeah, I am fully buying into Logan Webb. I'm buying high as well. Let's say, you know, like what you just described, I think it absolutely happened. Like 100% believe that could happen. But at the same time, that kind of reminds me that I think that puts him in like the Sandy Alcantara, like the next yeah. year for, for me personally. Um, yeah. This is how, this is how I think about it. Like that, I think that would be very similar to what Sandy Alcantara uh, has done and can do moving forward. Which is, he's in that next tier down for me. It's tier two. Let's call it along with guys like Wheeler and Freddie Peralta and Urias. Uh, Urias, I think, I think is one. Peralta, Peralta needs to drop the walk rate to do so, but I think he at least could. Like he had one of the lowest, you know, um, FIPS last year, one of the highest K rates. So he needs to drop that that uh, the walk rate, like I mentioned, the, to get there. Urias, I don't know. I th- I, don't, I don't know. If he's kind of maxed out in tier two. I don't know if there's like another level to get into tier one with him. But um, for me, if I had to go, I, I think I just feel like one of the Rays guys has got like, whether it's McClanahan, Shane Boz. I think they both can. They both have the strikeout upside. If I had to pick one, I'll probably go Shane Boz. But at the same time, I don't know if Tampa, like we mentioned in, in the the last debate, does Tampa Bay let him? pitch you know deep enough and as many innings to get up to that range or they kind of cap him in like the 150 to 160 range which i think could be possible with how the rays operate i hope not but uh, i think shane Baz would be my pick here um any others you see that could like dylan cease do you think i don't know i'm trying to think of any other arms here that that i think could right now i think um, cease has that kind of upside yes but i would say that it's dustin may i someone asked me about dustin may i think there's a possibility like if the the adjustments and the pitch usage that we saw in those five starts before he blew out his elbow stick i think there's a chance he could like i could see him with the ground ball right that he had the if the bat missing ability is is still there at a 30 percent rate i think he got up to like 38 percent. i'm not buying that obviously but if he can go up to 29 30 31 percent with that ground ball rate i think he could get up there especially with being on the dodgers all the wins he'll get there too yeah, so that's another name for me, Dustin May. Yeah, and honestly, like I think if we, and I don't think this guy's going to reach this tier, but if any player takes a huge jump from a, a dynasty value perspective next year, I think it'd be Jesus Lizardo. Honestly, he's just like no one even cares for him right now. Like his ADP is like almost outside three hundred range in like in FBC drafts where pitchers get pushed up. So he's an afterthought, and Lizardo's still insanely talented. Now, I'm not saying he'll hit that first tier, but if there's any pitcher that takes a huge leap from a dynasty standpoint, I think it's Lizardo. You're just that's just music to my ears, Chris. As a guy that just, <laughs> just acquired yep. Jesus Lizardo, I traded away in the 30 Rock dynasty. I traded away John Means and Luis Patino 
and got, I think, two guys on really good values, Jesus Lazardo and my boy Nate Pearson, who obviously I'm still in on and probably higher on than most everybody at this point. But, uh, yeah, Lazardo was the main piece there, obviously. And, yeah, I think I echo what you just said. Like, his value is at probably an all-time low. Like, yeah. strong chances at an all-time low. So, um, yeah, there's another few names that could jump up there, and that will wrap up our fourth Dynasty Debate. Thank you to everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Cross 4 Chris is at Rotoclag, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. Check out all of our written work at Fantrax HQ or over on our Patreon. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care. Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer Aerospace Excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable.